Hey guys, welcome to another episode. This week, Nicole and I are going to interview a registered dietitian um, named Mary Ann. She has a great Instagram page, and I found her a few months ago on Instagram randomly. I've just loved her content, and I've reached out to talk to her before, and I realized that she was local to my area and everything else. So it's just been a really good experience following her learning more tips and tricks on how to stay healthy and I just we both love her approach that it's about self-love it's about eating intuitively and it's about really just taking care of your body and not treating it as like a cheat day or you have to stick to this certain type of diet so Nicole and I have talked to her a little bit before, so we're excited to do a deep dive there. But before we get into it, I do have a quick meditation that I wanted to share to take that mindful minute with everybody today. So get comfortable. If you're able to close your eyes, you can. Just take a long, slow, deep breath in and breathe it out. Take another long, slow, deep breath in. And this time, let your belly fill with nice, cool, fresh air and breathe it out slowly. Great. Let's take one last deep breath. Bring it in all the way down to your toes. And then breathe back out slowly. Just relax and breathe normally. Follow along with me as I say the following. You can say it in your head or out loud. Start by sending loving kindness to yourself. Imagine that you're looking at yourself like you are looking into a mirror. Feel love swirling around in your heart. Send the love from your heart to yourself. Think to yourself, I love myself. May I be safe. May I be happy. Now let's imagine that we're looking at our family, our parents, our friends, our teachers, our brothers, our sisters, our grandparents. Feel love moving around in your heart. Send the love from your heart to your family, your friends, your teachers. Think to yourself, I love them. May they be safe. May they be happy. Next, imagine someone who has hurt you or hurt your feelings standing in front of you. Feel love moving around your heart. Send them love from your heart to this person who has hurt you. Think to yourself, I love this person, even though they hurt me. May this person be safe. May this person be happy. Last, let's imagine the earth and all of the people, plants, animals that live here. Feel love moving around in your heart. Send the love from your heart to the earth and all of its beings. Think to yourself, I love the earth and all of its people, plants, and animals. May they all be safe. May they all be happy. Now place your hand on your own heart. And feel all the love coming back to you. Feel all the love that is coming back to you from your family, your friends, your teachers, all the people and the beings of the world. 
Now let that love into your heart. Pause for a moment. Now as we finish, take a slow, deep breath. Wiggle your toes and your fingers as you breathe the air out. Next, take a deep breath in. Wiggle your fingers as you breathe out. Take one last deep breath in and let it out slowly. And open your eyes when you're ready. I can't take the credit for that. Um, I did find that meditation script on Pinterest, and it is by Dawn Cylinder. But I just loved it, and it's for preschoolers. But I love Aww. it. Love it, love it. thank you for taking us through that beautiful meditation yeah thank you and let's uh, get excited to talk to Marianne yeah all right here she is hi guys welcome back to another episode we are pumped to have our guest Marianne on with us today I actually found Marianne on Instagram a couple of months ago and I had been following her content and loving it. And then I realized, Oh my gosh, she is close to me physically. Like we're in the same area. I had no idea. I thought she was just like some influencer nutritionist, uh, well registered dietitian on the internet. So it was really a pleasant surprise to find out that we live kind of just down the road from each other uh, and overall, I just really loved your content, Marianne. So we're pumped to have you on and to learn more about you and how you got interested in the healthcare field. Um, your content is really inspiring. So we're just excited to get inspired by you and dial in our nutrition a little bit more. So if you would, could you please introduce yourself and how you got started in this realm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, so like was said, my name is Marianne Stockhauser and I am a registered dietitian. Um, so just to give you like a little brief little background of my dietitian world, um, I did go to SUNY Oneana for my undergrad and my grad work. So I do have my master's of science in nutrition and dietetics. Um, I come from a very long um, interning and working career of my local hospitals for several years, um, and now I do have my own private practice, but I can tell you just a little bit about how I got into my career um, of focusing in on food and nutrition and eventually becoming a registered dietitian. Um, I can tell you that I've always known that I really love food. Um, I really enjoy like all aspects of food and find it like so absolutely fascinating when science gets involved in that a magic ability that your body has to do to function all day long. And like, we never really even know that's occurring. Um, I can definitely like think back, like the moment I knew I wanted to become a registered dietitian was back in middle school when I was sitting in the cafeteria. And I would always bring my own lunch, and I was one of the only people who would do that because that's just how I was brought up. And I would always kind of, like, look around, and I would sit and think all these other people would be eating the school's lunch. And at the time, the guidelines weren't as strict as they are now for school lunch. And I would notice that a lot of people were just so unhappy with themselves 
they were very um, unhealthy. There was like lots of issues with overweight and obesity in young children. And that was kind of the moment where I feel like it clicked. And I was like, I want to be able to help people understand nutrition in a way that I do. Um, So I feel like it's, you know, my entire life I've been surrounded with people who have unfortunately had poor eating habits. And that's just type of the environments and society that we're in. Um, And so I feel like food and nutrition comes pretty easy to me. It's something I'm extremely passionate about. And I absolutely love to be able to talk about it all day, every day. Um, And so that's kind of what led me to the path of becoming a registered dietitian, just to be able to take my knowledge and help as many people as I can. That's awesome. I love it. And I love that you were so intuitive as a little kid looking around the cafeteria. That's really neat. Yeah. Did you, did your family like eat really well? Do you have like a long line of people that are involved in healthcare and stuff? Is that kind of why you got into this too? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, My mother is a dental hygienist. Um, My father is a construction worker. So definitely a little bit of healthcare aspect, but Mm -hmm. I just really grew up with um, like growing my own food. You know, we have lots of gardens as a child growing up and learning the process of how like food comes from the ground and now we take it and we cook it and we enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, something in me, it just really sparked me being around at other people's lifestyles, looking at school that it's like, Oh, like I, something that's so common nature to me, people don't even understand where our food is actually coming from. So it's just, I had that aha moment. I remember sitting there in the cafeteria just like, wow, I really want to be able to help people because people didn't understand why they didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. People didn't understand why they had such poor views on themselves because of their food choices. Yeah. That's amazing that like at such a young age that you like had this awareness. Like, I feel like I'm only just getting that now and I'm 27. Um, like that's, I don't know. That's like unheard of. Cause I like love food myself growing up too. Um, but when I was in middle school, I was like, I brought my lunch most of the time, but I still ate school lunches. And I remember one of the school lunches. I don't know if everyone else in New York had the same school lunch, but they <laughs> called them. It was so bad. They called them Italian dunkers. I don't even know how they made this a like a lunch. It was literally like lunch. pieces of bread with butter and cheese. And then you got like marinara sauce to dunk them in. And that was your lunch. Like, right. I don't even know how I survived on that for the right. rest of the day. I would have been hungry, but... Like, I know. Yeah, the, I mean, <laughs> what they those were the food. Italian Dunker days were the days I didn't bring my lunch because I looked forward to that one. Oh, no, I totally got it all it the was, time because it was good. <laughs> it was more of like, oh, this is a, a treat. Um, right. But like now I eat that as like an apple. Well, I don't eat that often. But like if I, you know, ever want to go out and get pizza, sometimes like I'll get that as like an appetizer. It's like it's Italian Dunkers. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like so horrible that that's what we grew up thinking a healthy lunch was because we expected school to you know promote health and all this stuff yeah yeah and I think um Marianne you make such a good point in that it came natural to you and like you just wanted this ability to help people with where you saw it was quite obvious when obviously like the majority of people didn't realize how obvious it was and I think for anybody who is wanting to go down that entrepreneurial path should look back to when they were younger and what did come natural for you what did 
light you up then because so often you know that is where we find our purpose in life and where we find a lot of fulfillment so it's just it's just cool to kind of bring that all full circle and that you found your passion in your career with something that you enjoyed even thinking about when you were younger yeah um you know me on social media and we've talked previously I am absolutely extremely passionate and super excited about all things food and nutrition all the time I feel like it's just my purpose um, to be able to have people start to physically mentally and emotionally feel good about themselves and I can't sit back and let people destroy their relationships with food any longer you know and so that's where my whole um, idea of my whole private practice began Yeah, your content is super inspiring and just dropping that guilt and shame that we have around food. And it's just like really refreshing to see your posts to give us like that validation that we should have a healthy relationship with food and that we should appreciate the source and where it comes from. Um, And I just know that even not that I per se have a bad relationship with food, but just seeing that like gives me more validation that I don't need to be mad at myself if I am enjoying something that I'm eating. Um, So what does self-care mean and look like for you? I know we've talked about that a little bit before, but just from your standpoint, it doesn't even necessarily just have to be like nutrition based, but what does self-care mean for you? Yeah. So self-care to me looks like giving myself essentially the freedom to do whatever I want, when I want to do it, that's going to make me mentally, physically, and emotionally happy. So whatever that is in that moment, or I set that time aside for myself, whatever is going to help recharge myself, that's what I'm going to do. Um, I know, like this idea of self care is like going to the spa and having like cucumbers on your face. Mm -hmm. But like, in reality, self care could just be a bunch of different things so it could be like binge watching Netflix on a Friday night instead of going out and feeling that pressure Um, you could be eating a bag of chips like self-care can be going that extra mile on your run or it's allowing yourself to get lost in the moment and enjoying music or meditation you know self-care is just taking the time to do something that is for you and only you And um, particularly in women, we tend to put ourselves on the back burner and we take care of everyone else. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just in our brains Mm -hmm. what we're supposed to do. And it comes naturally to most women, right? Well, self-care is just kind of tapping back into prioritizing yourself so that you can be the best version of yourself in all aspects of your life. Yeah. Love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Really well said because I totally agree. Um, With the whole self-care, like, I think there's a commercialization of self-care now that has made it seem like, oh, get, you know, a face mask and like, it's these certain things, but it can be, as you said, whatever you want and whatever you need in that moment. Um, So I have, yeah, I have like thousands of things that I may consider self-care at any moment in the day. Right. Like, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I'm not going to go out with everyone because I feel that too much pressure. I'm going to stay in tonight and color, work on Mm -hmm. a puzzle, watch my favorite movie, whatever it is that's going to make you feel good and be able to recharge all of your energies so that you can come out feeling that much better from it. Love that. 
I have a question kind of based off of that. So for myself, I kind of have, I guess, self-diagnosed or came to realize myself that I'm an emotional eater. Okay. Um, and I wanted kind of your viewpoint on that. And cause like, you know, my self-care could turn into, well, have a cookie. And then it's like, well, maybe a few more, like, and then I can't stop myself. <laughs> um, so what are like your views on emotional eating? Have you ever dealt with it? Um, do you have, you know, clients that might have it and like kind of what advice or tips and tricks do you give them to like get out of that habit um, and change their, their daily like routines? Yeah. So emotional eating, I basically want to say if you're alive and you're human, you have <laughs> dealt with emotional like eating. Um, this isn't like this big category of shameful things. I've done it myself. I'm going to do it again. And so are you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's absolutely okay. Um, so some like tips that I would give when it comes to like emotional eating um, is simply to stop being so hard on yourself. I feel like people get this idea that, oh my gosh, I had a cookie, which just turns into this mental negative upsetting aspect to themselves, which makes it so that they're reaching for that comfort which is a going to be another cookie. And mm-hmm. so if you took that like being so hard on yourself aspect away, you could eat your cookie and enjoy it and then move on. Um, there's a couple different ways that could cause people to tiptoe into that emotional eating. Like one thing that I find very common in my practice is that people will restrict or certain foods will be off limits to themselves. And so the moment that you tell yourself no, or you tell, you know, the six-year-old version of yourself no, your parents are telling you no, you're going to go and do it. You're mm-hmm. going to be thinking about it constantly, whether you realize it or not. And so causing that restriction actually increases our desire for the cravings that we have for that particular food. Now, anybody can have different types of foods, whatever works for you with your emotional eating. It might be chips, Chinese, cookies whatever it is for you. Mm-hmm. And you are self making that craving by mentally telling yourself no, in one aspect of it. And so when you are telling yourself no, your brain is going to because yeah, we're going to end up eating a cookie because we're humans and we deserve to have cookies, right? Mm-hmm. So when we actually do eat that and allow ourselves that permission, your brain physically releases dopamine which is a feel-good hormone, which makes it so that bite that you're eating is that much more satisfying and more desirable. So you end up eating more and more of that particular thing because it just feels so good. Mm -hmm. So that's like one whole aspect of that emotional eating. Mm -hmm. So again, going back to that tip of being like, let's not be so hard on ourselves. How did we get to this point where every single action we do, we think is wrong when it's surrounded with food and nutrition? There's nothing wrong. Food is our fuel, okay? Like, it's completely normal to be human and not have, like, the most perfect life. So why don't we start owning it, start to love ourselves for who we are, you know, start having that recognition that this is who I am. You can't change a person to a certain extent and just own it. Love yourself, and you won't be reaching for that food as often, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And that's where, like, that aspect – I find, especially with women, of that self-care is so important 
is simply taking that five, 10 minutes a day to just mentally be okay with yourself, do something for yourself. You're not going to be as emotionally unstable and having to reach for that edict. Yeah. And I love that you just like brought up, like, how would you treat your six-year-old self? Because I would give my six-year-old self the cookie and like a cat <laughs> right. on the back. And I know that's probably like where the cycle starts too, because I always think of like, I grew up with my grandma and just everything was comforted by food. And like, that's, that's part of the cycle. And that's how we do comfort each other. So no wonder we turn to eating to soothe ourselves. Right. You know, even taking the time to figure out and develop a list of things that provide you with that same comfort that aren't food related could Mm. be really beneficial for you to try to take those steps back from not having to turn to food every single time. That's a really good idea. Yeah, I like that. Like kind of basically asking you like, maybe what do I actually need? Or like what else could provide this? Yeah, as you said, comfort that I need at this moment. Right, you know, because how do you typically feel after you have that emotional comfort of eating? Not the best, right? Right. negative about yourself you feel guilty you say mean internal comments to yourself and that's just increasing that poor relationship with food and you're going to continue to go through this cycle over and over and over again Mm -hmm. yeah that's such a good point it is so Um, like too like what are some just because now I'm on this like realm of comfort and it is fall so what do you think are some like healthy alternatives which I know like we're not trying to just say like only eat these certain things um but what would just be some comfort foods that you can think of that would be on the healthier side like the first thing I'm thinking of are like soups um but I wasn't sure if there was like anything else that just comes to the top of your head yeah immediately what comes to the top of my head is like soups stews casseroles Um, anything that's warm um, just because it is getting a little chilly and for us like comfort is that warmth that you feel when it comes to eating that food among your body Um, so immediately I go to the soups and stews and then just adding like a little healthy twist on it you know you can have your favorite stews or mac and cheese and you can throw in spinach Mm -hmm. you know you can have a smaller portion of it and still enjoy it you know this one aspect that I do recommend with a lot of my clientele is this concept of eating with your senses. And it sounds super silly, but it's we're taking this idea where you sit and you eat something that you really enjoy and you make it a point to really taste every single bite that you're eating and become aware of like how it's making you feel. Mm-hmm. And that typically allows people to be like, wow, I don't need two, three bowls of this mac and cheese. I can have my one bowl and I'm completely satisfied with it. And then you can move on. Yeah. And is that like eating and just only eating, like not eating and watching TV and eating and texting? Like it's just, you just try to eat and only eat at that time? Yes, exactly. Uh, you hit the nail on the head with that. You, you have to kind of step away. Um, even if it's only for five to 10 minutes, I know people are like, you need to take a 30 minute lunch at work. And sometimes that's, that's not, you're not able to do that, especially with the world that we're in right now. Maybe you're working from home, dealing with kids, um, multiple jobs, you know, you can't take 30 minutes, but you, you should be able to take five to 10 minutes to sit 
do and like enjoy your meal and then you'll be able to kind of just focus in on it with nothing around you and then you can actually like enjoy and savor every bite so then you are feeling satisfied so you're not like wow I just ate that and I feel like I need to eat it again in 20 minutes because you didn't even realize you ate it yeah that's so interesting because I think we're just so far from that in our society right now Uh, for sure and I can remember growing up like eating around a table with the family and I think that's just less and less common and I couldn't wait until I had my own place and I could turn on the tv and sit on the couch and eat Um, but it's like now what I would do to just go back and have that time around the table right yeah I grew up with that too like what I, we always sat around the table, you know, and had a family meal. And I miss that. I don't really have that anymore because it's, like, just myself. So I find myself just watching TV because, like, what am I going to stare at the wall? <laughs> like, But then right. now, you know, that's a really good idea is to – and it's funny because in Chinese medicine they say, like, not to be distracted while you eat. Um, mm-hmm. So I really like that. It's almost like a meditation of, like, like the like, you know, feeling the texture of the food and, like, how it yes. tastes and – you know, what's the temperature and all this, all those different things you would go through um, to really be mindful of how you're feeling in the moment and how that food's making you feel. And I think that's an awesome idea. I'm going to try that myself. Yeah, it's a great technique. It's, it's a little awkward at first to all of a sudden be like in a quiet space, maybe with no one else around you and just your bowl of food in front of you. Mm-hmm. But you then can really like enjoy and take in the entire um, event of it, you know. Um, I feel like people have this idea that we don't need to have joyful moments when it comes to food. Like, yeah, food is our fuel. I said it before and I agree, but it's still okay to get enjoyment out of our food. It's okay if you're getting pleasure out of it. Majority of your childhood memories will stem next to having your family gathered around food. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why we find such comfort in it. And it's okay to tap into that and realize that there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a social event, too. Like, at every gathering we have, whether it's people we know or not, there's always food involved. It's, like, what brings us together. Um, as I was an RA in college, and the, the joke was that the only way to get people to come to your events is to have food. <laughs> I was also an RA in college, and that was factual. <laughs> that is. It was very factual. Yeah. They might not stay, but they'll come for a few minutes and sign in. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's just – it's it's the one thing that we all have in common, you know, right. no matter what, who we are, or where we live, like we will all come together to eat food together and, and, you know, talk about food together. It's my, the joke in my family is, you know, we're always thinking of our next meal as we're eating the one, you know, we have now. So absolutely. It takes over our lives for sure, but in a good way, if we have, if we create that relationship with it to be good. Right. And I think it's contagious too. like, we need to be that influence in our circle of friends or family to start to shift that conversation. And, you know, you can start to hear people, I I just notice that when we're at family gatherings, they're like, oh, on Monday, I'm going to start being good. And today I'm going to gorge myself. And it's like, once you start to like, make that positive change, though, like in your circle starts to hear it too. And it's like, you don't have to feel this way. Um, and I think it's just about making subtle shifts and creating space for people to realize that 
we do have this like negative culture around food and how we're talking to ourselves and just not to be like rude about it, but to kind of like point it out to people. So that way they know that they're even doing it. Um, And I've just in my own circle of friends and even with my students, I've been just trying to make like a little subtle shift of like, listen, how you're talking to yourself, though, you don't need to be so mean. Right, right. Um, it's this whole aspect. Um, this is like my slogan for my private practices. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. The moment that you put yourself on this quote unquote diet is the moment that you're going to, you're going to fail. You're setting yourself up for failure. You know, you shouldn't have cheat days. There are no such thing as cheat days or bad foods. You know, it's all depending on what you want or need in that moment and how that food makes you feel after the fact. Yeah, definitely. I, that's like one of my questions for you is like, I personally don't like the word diet as pertaining to like a fad diet or set of rules that you have to follow. Um, I think it creates a really bad culture for people, um, bad mindset in the fact that they think that there's like a one size fits all type of thing. Like, oh, I'll go on paleo and that's going to work for anyone that goes on it. Like, no, like one diet does not work for everyone. It's taken me years to like figure that out. And it's taken me more years to figure out what works for me. And it's like ongoing process and it's going to change throughout the years as my body changes. Um, So kind of, yeah, my question for you is there's so many diets out there what do you think is like the most sustainable as like a regular diet that can be used for mo- I don't I know I just said there isn't but like for multiple types of people or conditions because there are some that are very kind of like more broad and generalized and I wanted to get your take on it um very good question um I first I'm just going to say there's a particular reason why there's like a new fad diet that comes out every couple of months mm-hmm. um simply because, and you said it before, like diets aren't going to work. It's not a long-term thing. Now I can tell you that diets are going to work. It's going to work for you, but it's going to be a short-term thing. Um, So it's like basically impossible to say there is one eating pattern that's going to work for every single person because Mm -hmm. everyone is so unique and lives an individual life. Um, What works for one isn't going to work for another And I can tell you, as a registered dietitian, there are some aspects from almost every single fad diet that are really, really great. Mm -hmm. And they can really help anyone kind of get on that right foot, the right path. Um, But then there's a lot of nonsense built into those diets as well that steer people in the wrong direction. Right. So, like, I wish that I was able to tell you that there's, like, this one certain plan that's going to change your life and give you the nutrition outcomes that everybody wants. But there's also a reason why I do have a career in nutrition and dietetics. You know, it's simply because it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I would have to say, like, I'm a big fan um, about the Mediterranean diet. Oh, my God. I'm so happy you said that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's like my favorite one if I had to pick one. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) there are some aspects that I don't love about it. But as a generalization, it does have a really good message, um, getting more of like whole foods, those healthy fats for our brains and our hearts Mm -hmm. and things of that nature. Um, But like I said, it's not going to work for every single person. 
Right. My other question is, and I don't know if you've done research on this or, you know, this is something they taught you in school. Um, is there any research on the genetics of people um, and eating what their land would provide of like, you know, America were a melting pot, but like, say, you know, say I'm, I'm Celtic and I'm from Ireland and Scotland. I think that's my heritage. Not sure. Anyway, (laughs) um, should I be eating would or would my body, my body, my body fare better eating food that I would receive more from that land? Do you you understand my question? I I definitely understand your question. Mm -hmm. I don't believe there's any, sound science on that at the moment um like I know sometimes people talk about like the like blood type diet Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. things of that nature where that's not necessarily true Mm -hmm. um there's so many other factors that are going on because as a society we've changed how we produce our food we changed the type of environment that we're in that it doesn't necessarily matter what you are set off to be Mm-hmm. The world that we're in now, it doesn't matter because it, it shifts it so much. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Because I was, like, wondering about, like, different different cultures and people have different genetic makeup. Um, right. And it's something that's rooted in that, like, race. So of I was course, wondering, like, yeah, if, like, there's – I don't know. I was just thinking maybe there's something to it, but – yeah, I mean, of course, like, some people are predisposed to have a higher risk of developing one thing or another, mm-hmm. but if someone, like, you know, the whole, like, testing your, like, 23andMe or something along those lines, they can tell you, like, what is in the future for your health based on your genetics. I mean, you are the dictator, you are the complete in control of your own life, so you can change what your outcomes are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing saying that I'm going to have heart disease and diabetes because it's in my genetics. You know? Right. It's literally dependent on what I eat every single day of my life. That's like so empowering for people to know, too, that like just because their parents had high cholesterol or type 2 diabetes, that like they don't need to fall into that. Um, and I think that so often like people do fall into that because they just eat the way that their parents ate they're around that same sort of like mindset and food mentality um right so I think that's like such an interesting thing because so often we think like oh these are our genetics and there's nothing we can do about it uh but what you're saying is really empowering that we can just change up what we're eating and how we feel about food exactly you know, there's, you don't have to follow in the footsteps of anyone. You can create your entire own path. Yeah. So going off of that, what are your thoughts on intuitive eating? It's like a really hot button topic right now. And I just want to know how you feel about it from a professional standpoint. I have really good thoughts when it comes to intuitive eating. Um, So this essentially means that you're just listening to your body, tapping into those senses we briefly talked about, and really figuring out what you want in that moment and granting yourself that permission. Uh, By doing this, you don't necessarily have those constant cravings of pizza or Chinese food that you end up falling off the wagon, so to speak, and eating a large amount of that food. And then you feel so guilty about it. So like do you eat and like when you're eating you should be 
tapping into those hunger senses and feeling your body with how you want to physically feel after the fact. Um, and this is this whole concept of intuitive eating is we're not on the clock. We are not going to be eating these three times throughout the day. Your body's needs, especially as women, change so drastically from day to day throughout the month that, you know, you might need to eat five times this day and you might need to eat uh, three times the next day. It just depends on what your body needs. And so that's where it comes into you don't have the standardized clockwork of what you eat when you eat. You actually listen to what your body needs. Yeah, I love that. And especially um, as women, we can start to like emotionally feel the impacts of our cycle. And so then we can kind of like go down the spiral of feeling worse because we're eating more. But if we look at it from the standpoint of we're nourishing our body and maybe we need to make more blood. So we need more um, food and more consumption, more iron, um, fiber, whatever it is at that time in, in your cycle. So I think it's just such a positive way. Um, and I hope that people just start to reshape their thinking to be that way. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. I love, I like intuitive eating. Um, I think it can get hairy for if you're like, you know, just eating sugar all the time, (laughs) that's, you know, no, no guilt with that, but, um, I will tell you that your body eventually tells you to stop eating that. Yeah. You know, you like get sick and tired of feeling sick Mm -hmm. and tired all the time. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you have, you ever had like a long weekend or on vacation and you're like, all I want is a salad. That is so true. (laughs) That's like the definition of intuitive eating. Your body's like, please give me a vegetable. We Mm -hmm. haven't had any in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I definitely get that sometimes if I'm like going on a binge for some reason, I'm stress eating and I'm like, I need to eat something green. Right. <laughs> it's like my mouth tastes weird. I'm like too much sugar. Yeah. But yeah, I even you, see it with my husband, too, because he could be a junk food junkie. And I love it if we like have a couple of gatherings a couple of days in a row or pizza and wings takeout. And then he's just like, I don't care what we eat. It just cannot be takeout. And it's like, oh, cool. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's funny how a lot of people have that, like, innate ability to tune in. It's just I think you don't think about it as much. Well, I can tell you as children, I don't know if anybody has any young family members, but as children, they will stop eating a cookie halfway through. Yeah. And people mm. are like, why can't I have that willpower? Why can't I do that? It's because that child is still innocent in their body cues. They are literally Mm -hmm. listening to their bodies. And then society completely changes that because we're forced to eat certain things at certain times. We're told that certain foods are on this pedestal and are a reward. We are told that vegetables aren't tasty. So children are the best example of going back to that intuitive eating concept because they are naturally, that's how everyone is going to be. So you will eventually get over this. Okay. I can eat whatever I want, whatever I'm craving. You're not going to get Chinese food 10 days in a row. You're not, you're Mm -hmm. eventually going to go back into that concept of how you wanted food and how you ate when you were a kid. Right. Yeah. I I'm wondering, cause I don't have kids. I mean, I have younger nieces, but when we were growing up, I know this is true for me. It was, you have to finish everything on your plate. Um, 
And if I have kids now, I'm not going to do that to them. No. <laughs> um, and I f- remember I, my parents always said I had eyes bigger than my stomach. I would take more food than I could eat. And I would always end up not, I would always have stuff on my plate left over. And they would always kind of say something about it, almost saying like, either you need to eat it all or like take less. Um, but I think it was wrong of them to like, I don't think they were doing they knew didn't know they were doing this at the time but like almost shame me into eating more than I intuitively wanted to yeah like their intentions were good Uh, right my parents would always say like their children starving in Ethiopia Mm -hmm. and you are gonna leave food on your plate and it's shameful and uh and then when you're rewarded with dessert for eating Mm -hmm. all of the food uh, right. Just, it's just really interesting concept to kind of have to unlearn that. Right. Yeah. It's it's tricky because as a kid, you're being told you can't leave the table until until you finish your food. Well, that's a negative emotion that you just felt. You're feeling right. like you're getting in trouble. You're upset. So then you're eating more food, which then turns into that comfort aspect of yeah, I turned to food because when I felt like that when I was younger, that's what I did. Uh, it all comes all comes together (laughs) right and you know our this isn't our parents fault no they had all good intentions and all that it's just who knows no one knows that this is what's happening in our society until we sit down and we talk about it yeah right something else um I just was thinking of too is like when we start to prepare our own food um and just like what that impact like what the impacts are for preparing our own food so I mean not even so much as like growing it and everything which is cool too but is it really true that like your digestive process starts when you start to like do that preparing and cooking yourself like I've I know I've heard that in the past before and like um just wanting to know your thoughts around like the difference between prepared food that's that you're preparing or that you're just purchasing on the go so I will tell you your digestive system is constantly working um from the moment that you have like your first glass of water in the morning um or having like your first meal so that's continuously working but I will tell you when you are sitting and like taking 15-20 minutes to prepare the meal your digestive stuff is kickstarting because you're start if you notice you might be starting to salivate a little bit that's because you digest carbohydrates in your mouth first and so your body's getting prepared to digest that food more so yeah it's definitely activated a lot more if you're smelling it all you're preparing it all you know you're going through that entire experience compared to just picking up takeout and getting a slice of pizza yeah and I think too like I don't know that secret ingredient of love to just while we're in the kitchen and we're happy to be there and we're grateful for the food that we have, it just seems like that would all have such a positive impact on the experience overall. Right. Um, I have a question too, regarding like the digestive process. Um, I, there's a lot of different thoughts on this out there and I'm not really sure exactly, exactly what to think about it. Um, with consuming water before and after eating, um, there's stuff out there that's saying, you know, like, you can't consume water or any fluid 30 minutes before you eat and 30 minutes after because it impedes digestion. 
Um, what is what is the fact on that that you've learned? So it really depends on the situation. So it depends on like the type of goal or outcome that you're having, um, mm-hmm. depending on if you should drink before, during, or after a meal. Um, I will tell you, like, if you're someone who suffers from like heartburn, you're not going to want to drink that water before, during, or after, mm-hmm. because that's going to increase the volume in your stomach. And that's going to trigger that heartburn experience because it's going to come back up. Okay. If you're someone who tends to overeat or eat larger portions than recommended, drinking water before or during a meal can help fill you up, which can lead to you potentially eating a little less. So that's just a flip side of it. Um, And then I can also say, though, if you're eating like a good amount of fiber in your meal, it's really, really important to be drinking water during that meal as well or right after to help maximize our digestive system functionality and you can get yourself going and you're not backed up in the bathroom at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's so many different situations yeah. I'm thinking about with this water. Um, but there's no like drinking this water is not like extinguishing your stomach acid. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no, right. Um, are you digesting worse if you're drinking water with it or I would say collectively? No. Okay. There's this whole idea, I've heard it as well, is that the water's like diluting your stomach acids. So you're not able to properly break down the food. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is a very specific type person. Mm-hmm. I don't, I would not, I would say no with the collective person. Like drinking that water is so beneficial for us right. in so many other aspects. Because, you know, it's moving the food through the system. If there was no water, it would just be sitting there. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a tough question. Um, yeah, I just wanted your take on it because there's yeah. a lot out there. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely but, don't think there's enough science on that specific question mm-hmm. about like the stomach acid. Um, but like I said, there's so many different situations depending on if you should or should not be drinking water before, during, and after a meal. So can that just like brings us all kind of full circle to me too and we didn't really get a chance so can you tell us what the process is with clients like a new client for you because now this is like really bringing it home with how individualized your services must be absolutely so anyone um who schedules an appointment with me at marianne's answer nutritional wellness um the first appointment that we have together is a complete nutrition assessment. So this is where I dive into all aspects of your life, food and nutrition, so that I can learn your eating habits, I can learn the functionality of your body, I can learn the relationship you have with food, the habits you have, um, your thoughts with it, all of that aspect. And then I develop a personalized nutrition plan. um, After that first initial appointment, and then we kind of go on that course and start checking off the boxes of what that individual really wants to get out of our appointments and what type of goals that they want to reach. That's awesome. Love it. Love it. So what sort of like success stories have you had that you want to share with us, especially around like women's health, because that is what we mostly talk about on here. I would have to say My biggest success is solely having a client look me in the face and tell me that they like feel so good physically 
and emotionally about themselves, they start to have this self-love. Um, they don't turn to food. They don't think food is the enemy. And in turn, that clientele ends up losing weight because they're not being so hard on themselves. So mm-hmm. like collectively, like I love that aha moment that the client has or when they're so excited to meet with me to tell me all of their progress because they're just so proud of themselves. That type of aspect is so rewarding with this type of career. Um, there's, I can't even like think of one particular because there's so many different situations that are so rewarding to me. You know, I work with a lot of like eating disorder clientele. I work with a lot um, of disordered eating clientele. I work with a lot of diabetics um, obesity, heart disease, all of the different aspects, athletes. Like I love hearing that this athlete was able to PR, um, with her weightlifting, bodybuilding stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just so many different aspects that nutrition plays a role in. And it's so rewarding to see that look on their face that they succeeded by doing one little change. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I love that you're so passionate about it too, because I know Britt and I are both passionate in what we do. Um, and it just, it shows when someone's really wants to help other people and really loves what they do and believes in what they do. Um, we just need more people like that in medicine. Uh, and I'm so glad that you are like that because you're going to help so many people um, over the years because they get excited when you're excited about it. And it seems like you've been able to like, find that niche um, of looking at it from this like self-love standpoint, which it isn't even really a niche because we all need that, but it's just so cool that you've been able to just dial in to that side of it. Cause I know that people in the healthcare industry can get burnt out when these like walls are put around us of like, this is how it needs to be done for everyone. Um, right. Which, you know, you you have so much ability to customize in what you're doing and being able to really get to know somebody and what works for them. So, right. It's just, it's just like two tag teaming process about it is like, okay, let's get the functionality of your body working, but let's also at the same time, what's going on in your head? What are you saying to yourself? Why are we actually doing that? Why are you eating four bags of chips in 20 minutes? Let's, let's touch that and the functionality because they both go hand in hand. They're so important. That's great. What's something that um, we can all do today just for like better health? Uh, just something that you can generically tell all of our listeners and us. To stop putting your own health on the back burner. Like really take the time to sit down and ask yourself how you're actually feeling. And if you aren't feeling 100%, that's absolutely okay. But to actually do something for yourself so that you don't keep trickling down and emptying the gas tank. Um, And then another whole aspect of health is fixing your gut. I am a strong believer that this is very, very important. If your gut is not working properly, it's not going to be able to sustain all the other aspects of your life. And sometimes just adjusting the gut causes people to have no other problems that they thought they couldn't even connect to the gut because it's simply fixed. Um, So like taking your probiotic, drinking your water, having your fiber and, you know, being kind to yourself, say good things to yourself, be positive. Um, And you can be really surprised at how good you can actually feel with all those aspects put together. 
That's great. Love it. The gut is like the center of our being. And I totally, um, you know, subscribe to that same thought that like fix your gut um, and things like mentally are going to change because there's a lot of link between gut health and depression and mental health. Um, and it's even in Chinese medicine, like the gut is the center and there's this whole school of thought where it's like fix this. We call it the spleen stomach is basically your, your, your gut system fix a spleen stomach and you fix everything um so I, I love that yeah totally agree cool so what else nicole do you have any other questions for mary ann oh i have so many i could <laughs> talk for days with you um and hopefully maybe we can have you back and talk about more specific things as well um but i think something else i kind of want to talk oh, i don't know i don't know what to choose um let's talk about there's um over the years it's always changing about like what is bad and what is good in nutrition and I know you have said before like there is no like bad um but what do you think of like when it comes to like major food groups what do you believe that we need like essentially to get each day Very good question. Um, I mean, there's no secret that the world is telling us that carbs are evil and we shouldn't eat them. Mm -hmm. And then like our, um, the older generations, they went through this whole, that fat is evil and Mm -hmm. everything is low fat and all that aspect. Um, so I can tell you that we, I'm a big believer that you need to have balance in all aspects of food and nutrition Mm -hmm. and, like some key takeaways to make sure that you're having every single day is water first. You know, most people mm-hmm. are not drinking even close to how much water they should have. You need to be getting your fiber. And yes, that does include like whole grains. So carbs are okay. They're good fuel for you. You shouldn't be cutting out carbs unless you have um, some type of clinical issue going on. Um, and like for just going into the food groups, I'm really passionate about having some of each like there's a place for carbs there's a place for protein fruits vegetables um and depending on your situation i dairy is important too we need to be continuing especially as women to making sure our bones are nice and strong because the later we get in life the weaker our bones do become Mm -hmm. good i like that answer it's totally agree like a balanced diet with everything like everything in moderation and balance is like what I kind of go back to when I start feeling overwhelmed about making better choices in my diet um so I I definitely like that as well right like I think um society tells us that nutrition has to be really really complicated and it's should it's really difficult to achieve and you know only certain people can get that ideal health image when Mm -hmm. in reality nutrition is very simple it's very basic we don't need to complicate it and you will get those goals yeah yeah and I think that's like such a good reminder and mainstream media has a good way of like making nutrition confusing and it's like we have not been able to survive this many years you know we what did we do before we had the Today Show telling us what was healthy and not? Right. So right. I think just like going back to that, what makes you feel good? Um, and I just wish and hope that there's more people out there like you that just allow us this permission 
to eat what makes us feel good, eat when our bodies are telling us to, and just listening in more to those subtle cues. Right. Like with all the fad diets that are in society, or you Google your Facebook feed, all of that, if you ever really like thought about it, like how difficult would it be to never have carbs again? Like that's not simple nutrition. That sounds exhausting to me. That would mm-hmm. be something you would really, really have to work at. Like it shouldn't have, it shouldn't be that tough. It shouldn't be that difficult. If it is that difficult, then you know your body's not going to be happy and it's not going to be successful long-term. Yeah. Makes so much sense. Yes, it does. Um, I guess, can I just ask one more question or do you have to go? No, you can ask. Okay. <laughs> um, so I want to kind of get your take on supplements. This is also, I'm asking the most controversial questions in nutrition today. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you think are like the best vitamins and minerals, minerals to get through food? And what do you think are the best um, supplemented? Because A, they're either hard to get through food or people have a hard time like digesting them through food. I would say the majority of the time you don't really need supplements and I wouldn't recommend them unless you have gotten that like particular blood work done to be able to identify the area that you might be lacking. Mm -hmm. I really do feel like it depends on the type of um, diet pattern you follow, like vegans and vegetarians follow a very different diet than the basic balance of everything. And so it is more difficult for them to achieve all of their nutrients. Um, Same with like women who are pregnant, they, it's very difficult to get the levels that you need to sustain that life. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, there are situations where, yeah, I do recommend supplements, but for like the average um, adult, definitely don't recommend. Um, I can tell you right now, supplements are a very, very huge marketing scheme in companies because they want you to like continuously buy their product and they want you to continually take them every single day. And I can tell you, like, say, like a multivitamin, the most generic, I can tell you majority of everyone does not need to take a multivitamin every single day. Mm-hmm. You could probably take it twice a week, once a week at most, and you would have the same outcome compared to taking it every single day. So that would not only save you money, but it's saving the hardship of your body having to digest and go through all of that because sometimes there are negative side effects to getting toxic levels of those vitamins and minerals. Mm-hmm. So like I said, there are times where you need those supplements and I do recommend them um, to a good amount of my clientele. It just really depends on the situation and the other health conditions going on. Like you never want to just randomly start taking turmeric or any other type of herbal supplement because you think it's going to be good for you because it could harm your health in a drastic way. So collectively overall, I would say try to get it through your food. If you feel like you're lacking a certain nutrient, then mm -hmm. you're probably lacking variety in your diet. Right. Yeah. yeah. I um, have heard you say this before and it made me really start to like question what I was doing, but I am mostly plant-based and I started to cut back on my, supplements and it was crazy because I did not notice a difference in like how I felt even though you know I'd been taking them every day so then I kind of went back to like this every other day and I couldn't get over that it was still all good I felt good right Uh, right and I just it's yeah 
It's crazy. Um, like I can tell you, like right now, it's very popular. People are supplementing themselves with vitamin C to try to keep their immune systems in good check. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize too much vitamin C causes a lot of digestive issues. You will not be having a good time in the bathroom if you have <laughs> a thousand percent of your vitamin C every single day. Yeah. So yeah. people are like, I don't understand why I'm just so nauseous or I'm having bathroom issues. Well, it's because you decided to take, you know, that vitamin C supplement. If you look on the back, it's definitely over that 100% of your daily value. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And like the, I have my own, you know, thing, like I definitely take supplements and think if you are seeing someone like a professional like yourself or a doctor or whoever that actually knows how to read blood work and, you know, knows what you need. It's good, but definitely PSA, like, don't start taking a bunch of supplements if you don't know anything about them or what they're actually doing. Um, That and then plus quality of them is so important because, like, there's, I think there's been articles where it's like they've done, like, a mass spectrometry of different supplements you can get at, like, Walmart and, like, half of it's grass clippings. Right, right. It's like you really don't understand. Like, people are so quick to just take a pill to mm-hmm. fix it when it's like do you realize what you're putting in your body it's not right. even helping you yeah yeah I know somebody who worked in a post office and they thought it was like anthrax on the counter but they're like no it's my magnesium supplement so they had to like do an analysis and it really was wood chips wow <gasps> oh mm-hmm. my god wow mm-hmm. it's like you can't make this stuff up no and they get away with it too so yeah right I love that just coming back to like whole food to rely on our nutrition and then, you know, supplement as needed and guided by professional help. Definitely. Yeah. All right. I don't want to take up too much of your time, Marianne. (laughs) Um, But thank you so much. That was like awesome. I think I learned a lot today. I love your outlook um, on nutrition and health and mindfulness um it's certainly i certainly resonate with it i know Britt does um and i think a lot of our listeners will as well um so where can people find you on instagram and like or on social media um website that kind of stuff right so anybody um can go on my instagram which is mary ann's answer underscore nutrition and there you can get nutrition tips, chances to win giveaways. Um, you can DM me to schedule appointments, walk through some type of struggles that you're having. So my Instagram again is Mary Ann's answer underscore nutrition. Um, you could also like my Facebook page, which is Mary Ann's answer nutritional wellness. Um, you can check out my website. Again, it's www.maryannsanswer.org. Um, if like you want to kind of further dive into how you can kind of work through this relationship with food or how to improve how you're physically feeling or any type of nutrition concern that you may have. Um, I am taking clients virtually and I'd be more than happy to set up an individual personalized nutrition counseling appointment um, to start your nutrition journey and to get excited about it. So you can even like call or text me at 315-527-0877. Or you can shoot me an email um, at nutrition at mariannesanswer.org. Like I said, you can visit that website. You can message me through there as well. Um, Many different means to reach me, but I highly recommend that Instagram page. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's great content. Good stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Again, thank you so much for coming on with us today. Um, that was awesome. We hope to have you back so we can talk even more about stuff and controversial topics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, great. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. If you want to stay in touch with us, pun intended, you can find us on Instagram at InTouchPodcast, where you can message us with questions, comments, or even episode topic suggestions. You can also find us on our individual Instagram accounts. You can find Nicole at essence.acupuncture, and you can find Brit at balanced underscore Britta. Talk to you soon, and as always, stay in touch.